welcome to the Coppreneur Path Podcast. Welcome to the show that is all about the path from cop to copreneur. I'm your host, Adam Wills. With this podcast, I'm going to help equip you for your own post-law enforcement entrepreneurial journey with lessons learned from my experience growing a successful post-Leo business. You'll also get to hear from fellow copreneurs and experts in business and marketing whose advice will give you an edge against the competition. You are in the right place. So let's get after it. Welcome back to another episode of the Copper Path Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Wills. And today, as always, I have a special guest. And I know I say that every time, but I mean it every time. Every one of our guests that we have on this show is awesome. But today, uh, our guest, Jeff Janakovo, is extra unique because, well, Jeff, um, he does business in your bedroom, guys. Um, well, I, I guess at least if you're in the Lancaster, Pennsylvania area, uh, because he is the owner of Gardner's Mattress and more. Haha, <laughs> you got the joke now, right? Okay, well, Jeff is also the host of the Big Ticket Life podcast, also the founder of Signer 57 Apparel, and he knows a few things about marketing and the idea of starting a business and shifting your focus from being in the owner seat to being in the investor seat. And we're going to talk a bit more about that today. But first, I want to just say welcome to Jeff. Thanks for coming on the show. Well, thanks for having me. And, you know, as a podcast host, I found your comment about great guests. Uh, I, I say the same thing. And it really, we have to have great guests because you can't have a podcast with crappy guests. No That's one right. will listen. That's so, right. You know, yeah, if you're a listener of podcasts and you ever get on a show where the host isn't excited about their guest, just turn the dial and find a new one or That's like right. scroll and tap, turn the dial. Nobody turns a dial on podcasts. But anyway, yes. Okay. Thanks for know, having me on the show. Yes, Jeff, I didn't plan this question. It wasn't how I was going to lead things in, but you just opened up the door for me to ask you a question from fellow podcast host to fellow podcast host. Yep. Have you ever done an interview with someone for your podcast and not aired it? A hundred percent. Okay. hundred <laughs> percent. We, we have to have quality controls, right? I've done it before yep. too. And a lot of people that listen, don't know that they, um, maybe think that every guest, uh, gets on, but yeah, sometimes I've recorded and I've been like, no, this doesn't cut the mustard. I'm not putting it out. Um, yep. and it just is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me right now, my format is live, so I have to do a lot of vetting oh, work right. ahead of time. So I only yeah. send the invite or book the guest if I've seen, um, uh, quality from prior shows. Um, but in the past, um, past formats, absolutely. There's, there's a lot of, a lot of, uh, audio in the can that will likely never hit anybody's ears. Yes, sir. Well, uh, where I did want to start, uh, for this show was to talk about a mutual connection we have that this was actually how you and I got connected. And I ended up as a guest on your podcast yep. was through a prior guest on this show, uh, that you guys that are faithful listeners have heard before, Mike Caputzi, um, who has um, come up with the idea of the Shook or the short helpful book to use as a direct response marketing tool for your business. And Jeff is uh, an author of a Shook himself after going through Mike Caputzi's program. Uh, you wrote the book, What's Happening, what, I'm sorry, What's Keeping You Up as a 
kind of a buyer's guide of sorts for your business. And the reason I want to lead in with that is because I think it's really unconventional in most people's minds for a mattress store to put out a book as a lead generator. And, and I want everybody that's listening to the show right now to recognize that they too can leverage a short, helpful, free book as a lead generator for their business, regardless of what type of business they're in. So can you tell us a little bit about why you decided to do that and how you leveraged that in an unconventional space? Yeah, so the, the decision was we had to be different. You know, in our independent retail business, we're one store against chain stores and department stores and bigger regional furniture players. So it was really a decision point of we need a marketing asset to differentiate our entire business. Um, we use those shooks and we have multiple now uh, to really be that differentiator. It, it's an authority piece. Uh, it's a business card. It's a calling card. It's a pass along. We've used those those real short buyer's guides as direct mail pieces, um, hand-alongs, uh, home shows, expos. It's really kind of a foundational marketing asset that's a kind of works like a Swiss army knife for our business. Yeah, I think um, it definitely creates a unique connection with people when, you know, people are so used to, especially at conferences and trade shows and things, used to getting handed a business card, right? And you end up leaving with a pile of those things and, you're lucky if they actually make it into anybody's contact book, but you hand people a free book uh, and, and there's something that is unique and special about that. Um, especially the short book, because I don't know about you, but Mike really ruined me for books that are <laughs> anything past 150 pages yep. because now like I, I now look for books that are under 150 pages because I enjoy sitting down and being able to read them in one or two sittings rather than, you know, having it drag on forever. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And we actually ended up authoring, you know, so what's keeping you up at night began as a book, right? But it was 24 pages. Um, the, the litmus test for me is my grandmother kind of like, you know, she, she said it was, she agreed it was a book, but I could tell she wasn't thinking it was a book. But then when I gave Sleep Better to her, which is an actual book, about 110 pages, it's got a spine, sits on the shelf. You can see it as it's loaded in. That's a real book, right? And mm -hmm. But it's still this short, helpful book, The Shook, as Mike would uh, would call it. And um, that, was the, that was a great genesis and evolution of our business because we really do care. We really do want, you know, our purpose for our business is to help our community improve through better sleep. You know, when we sleep better as a people, we're happier, we're more productive, we have more meaningful relationships, we're healthier. So that's our purpose. Uh, our mission is to change the way you feel about mattress stores. And we accomplished that because we now and for the last few years have been putting forth this book, Sleep Better, which is all about you as the reader developing a better sleep routine. And if you do that, you may or may not even need a new mattress. We've had people adopt principles in the book and they... Um, they say, you know, I'm going to hang off for six months and, and see if this new routine really, truly does help me. And in some cases that's happened. And in other cases they come back because the mattress is a good support, right? Like if, if you exercise like crazy, but eat 7,000 calories of McDonald's a day, <laughs> you're not going to really get the full benefit. But if you exercise right, you have diet right, and then you sleep right, you get the full trifecta of health and well-being. So sleep better really is, a, is, is about establishing our authority in the market 
as true sleep experts, as people that really care and sell better sleep. You know, there's an awesome principle there that that uh, could be unpacked further, and that is that um, we often, as business owners, want to position the solution that we have as the problem for or the solution mm-hmm. for everyone's problem. Um, but it isn't always, and you know, sometimes it's just best for us to be genuine and and say, "Hey, you know what? I only want to offer what I have to you if it's actually the right solution." So thank thank you for unpacking that. Um, but that said, that's not what we're here to talk about today. And these strategies that, you, that you've that you shared with us thus far obviously have helped you and your business be able to take that shift that we talked about leading into this episode from being in the owner seat to being in the investor seat. Um, can you tell us what does that mean to you? Explain what that, that paradigm shift is. You know, I think everybody sets out in business. They see somebody they work for, they see other, other business owners. And they have in their mind uh, that there's this opportunity. And that's what's so great about our nation is that there is endless opportunity for those that put forth the effort. And with the right people pointing them in a a semblance of a direction, you can really go far. But what ends up happening is you kind of hit this wall of what I call being the Chivo, Chief Everything Officer, where, you know, the, the comfort in control, the comfort in you having your hand in the process day in and day out is, is righteous. It's part of the journey, but so many people make it the final destination where what they, the final destination that they need to be is that, you know, think of a, think if you would have, if you chose to go public, you'd have a board of directors in your company. Well, you know, if you don't want to do that, you still need to shift into that board of directors position, or in this case, your own investor seat in your own business and really become do investor like actions daily for your business. Get out of that dollars for hour work, get out of those task roles and really shift yourself into the seat of vision and direction. And, you know, as a high visionary, that's, that's one of my gifts is being able to see a business see what opportunities exist and and say, you know, this, this way, this path, this process, this offering could be something that takes you from a $3 million company to a $10 million company or from a $800,000 company to 1.5. And you don't have to increase bandwidth. You don't have to increase personnel per se. It's really just looking at the business differently. Um, But when you're in that Chivo role, when you're stuck doing the deliveries, the chief everything officer duties, right? You're on the phone, taking an order. You're on the truck, delivering it. You're in the warehouse. You're at the install. You you know, you're handling the tech support, whatever combination of things it might be. You can never possibly get out of that into the investor seat to where you have the clarity of mind to think about where you go forward. Oh man, there's so many golden nuggets there. Um, And I feel like you're right. Like when we're stuck in that Chivo mode, it's impossible to have the clarity of mind that you need in order to actually be able to lead. And while I agree with you 100% on everything you just said, uh, the process of actually getting yourself unstuck and out of that owner seat is really difficult. And and I feel like I can confidently say that because I'm kind of, I'm, I'm there, man. I'm going through that too with my company. And it is hard to get yourself out of the way so that other people can step in and really take things to the next level for you. So 
Um, let's let's go ahead and take a quick break, and then I want to come back and I want to unpack what does it look like to actually go through that process. How do we how do we remove our rear end from that owner seat and and move it across the line? All right, let's take a quick break. This is the end of side one of the podcast. To continue listening, flip the podcast over and continue on side two. If you understood that reference, you remember a time when people were engaged with each other. They knew what was going on all over town. They knew who the neighbors were, and sometimes they were even friendly with them. While times might have changed, people haven't. People simply found new ways of engaging and came to expect that engagement on demand. Is it possible that you can engage on demand with your business without being glued to a screen? It can be. Prevent your leads from stalling out or falling through and keep your existing customer relationships from going stale with Breacher CRM. Whether you're starting, growing, or scaling a business, we have plans to fit your needs. Go to BreacherCRM.com. Breacher, the first guy to open the door, CRM.com. Okay, I'm back from the break here with Jeff. And Jeff, we were just talking about this concept of moving ourselves from the owner's seat in our business to the investor seat. But how do we do that? How do we, how do we start that process? Yeah. So I'll give you one of the a great business quote, great sports quote from Wayne Gretzky, right? Uh, you know, the all-time points leader in the NHL, uh, his, his quote was, I scored those goals. I made those assists because I skated to where the puck was going, not where the puck was, you know, I moved to where the opportunity was going to be, the spot in the ice to put the puck in the back of the net, right? The spot in the ice to take the secondary pass and put it on the point score. Um, In business, so many people don't have that clarity of what's that direction they need to go, right? They don't hire for the company. They don't hire a sales manager for the company they want to be two years from now. They hire a sales manager for the company that they've been struggling with for the last 12 months. Okay. And you're never going to go forward when you're hiring, when you're adjusting product, when you're adjusting policy and procedure as a reactionary process, it needs to be proactive, right? Another way to look at this is, you know, you get yourself out by having a team around you. And and I'm speaking to you, uh, you don't see the video of this show. Um, Maybe you will someday if Adam brings it out of the, out of that, but you're hearing the audio. Uh, as I sit today, and Adam could attest to this, I'm in my retail store office, but this is only the third day since August 1st that I've been in this building of my retail business and nothing has fallen apart. Nothing. And it's, you know, we're recording this actually on September 1st. So I was two days in my, in my retail business that I own in that business, two days in the entire month of August. That's it. There's a number of reasons for that, but that's not abnormal for me um, to be away for two weeks at a time, three weeks at a time, four weeks at a time. Uh, not that I'm vacationing. It's just I have other interests. I have other things that I am an investor seat position in. So when you when you hire, when you make decisions to where the businesses are going to be, that's how you get yourself out. It might mean you need to take a little bit less profit out of your company. It might mean you need to pay yourself a little less to hire better people, but you're going to have to have a bigger, better team around you to get into this position. 
Um, otherwise, what you really have as a business is you have a business where you get to be the boss. You're not reportable to anybody, but you're just never going to get that big American dream payday. You know, every business that has massive success has big scale. And if if you're not setting yourself up for that, you're just not going to achieve that. And and that might be okay for you. You might you might want to make a buck fifty a year, have your company pay for your benefits, your company pay for your car, and you are happy as a pig in mud. More power to you. And I applaud you. If that makes you happy, makes your family happy, that's fine. But on this note, I would I'll leave you with this. You've probably said to your spouse, to your wife, uh, you know, your family, hey, I know things are tough. If we can just get 50 grand more, if we can just get 100 grand more, just get a million more, things will change. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you every single day, really what you're doing is you're selling your family, your relationships for that money, right? Like if I came to you and said, could I buy your wife for 50 grand? You would say, no way. <laughs> no. <laughs> no way. But you're doing it now. You're trading your wife. You're trading your family, your kids. You're, you're going to the baseball games, the recitals, the dance, uh, dance, uh, not parties, but the dance uh, lessons. You know, I don't have girls. I have two boys, so I don't know anything about dance. But, uh, you know, you're trading all that right now for 50 grand. It's yeah. just not as overt as somebody coming up like uh, like the Woody Harrelson to me more movie back in the 90s. Uh, uh indecent proposal. It's just not as overt as that. Okay. Um, but you are, but, but you are trading those precious memories with your family, your time, you are trading it right now. It's just not right in your face like that. So long-windedly, you've got to move to where your company is going to be not hire, not develop, not create new product for where you've been. Do all of that for where you forward. Man, that's such a great point. Um, and, and really a bit of a gut punch too, uh, the way you lay it out, but it's, it's true and it's real. Um, the, 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 really the overarching question there is, have you created a job for yourself or have you created a legacy? Um, and obviously when we, we step into entrepreneurship, our goal is to create legacy. Um, but sometimes we get stuck in the job. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've, I'm there. I've been there myself. Right. And it's, it's tough. Um, you know, and I just did a, a, a live stream this morning on LinkedIn, uh, where I was sharing a clip from Jesse Itzler talking about how, uh, you can't take time, time back. Time expires. Time is undefeated, right? Uh, the only way you can punch time in the throat is to tell time what it's going to do for you. So, to circle back a little bit, then you talked about two kind of overarching things as far as getting yourself unstuck out of that owner seat. And that was SOPs and processes, standard operating procedures, right? Yep. Uh, and then the second being your team. So what is like, where do you find that first priority? If you're looking to move the needle in the right direction, do you start with SOPs or do you start with the team? You know, we've, I've done both as, as the evolutions of the varying things that I've been involved with, I've, I've gone SOP procedure first and then bring in people to execute it. And then I've found my way through, you know, kind of skating to where the puck's going to be, uh, like our current sales manager in our, in our retail business. Now that was definitely skate to where the puck's going to be meet drew our sales manager, bring them on and kind of let him recreate the sales floor 
uh, around his strengths, right? So we've done both. I think it's really dependent upon the, ultimately upon the personnel you have or the personnel you can go get. Um, the kind of culture I try to create around here is people taking initiative. Here's the purpose we've got to, to serve our community through better sleep, make our people um, happier, healthier, more productive. We're going to change the way they feel about mattress stores. That's our mission. I want you to take the initiative around those two things always. You know, and and then we default to the SOP for the answer if, if it's not right in front of our face. Um, so it can be both. But I think the easy thing that everybody would understand most often is you do need a clear you do need a clear way to follow policy. You need to have an answer in the moment, right, for mm -hmm. your people, because the thing about employees and business owners is they're never going to be you as as great as they are. And I have great people. They're never going to have that same in the blood DNA baked in vested interest like you do as the owner of your business. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Um, so the way you kind of level set that is giving them the answer of how you would handle it. And that comes from your SOPs. So if I'm not mistaken, then what you just said essentially is that uh, it's really the starting point isn't necessarily the SOPs or the team. The starting point is your mission and your values and setting those and, and making sure that those are clear and executable. And then only through that, through your mission and values, can you identify and place the right SOPs and the right people? Right. Right. Yeah. Like as an, I mean, you know, our mission to change the way people feel about mattress stores, it just guides everything we do uh, as an example. So if our, if our sales team is a little worn out, like we're coming into a busy holiday weekend in the back of their mind, they've got that mission right there. Change the way you feel about mattress stores. So if you're lagging a little bit, dragging a little bit and new customer comes in, are you going to follow our process of how we greet? Or are you just going to go default to whatever your lizard brain says in the moment because you're a little tired. Are you committed to that mission? Because if you just default to the lizard brain, hey, thank, you know, thanks for coming in. Hi, how are you? Which nobody really believes you care about. Okay. No customer believes you actually care about how they feel because they heard it at seven other stores that were at this weekend. But when we ask, well, tell me, tell me why we're shopping for a new mattress today. When we go down that word track, and that now keeps every aspect of the conversation on the rails, that begins to change the perception they feel about our store versus all other stores. Same thing with our delivery guys in the truck. If they think, ah, you know what, we don't need to put the, I put in air quotes, in the red carpet. It used to be red carpet. Uh, it kept getting dirty. It wasn't the right look. So we put carpet down on the front porch now so we don't drag mud in. So we have a clean surface to put the foot protection on. If our guys don't do that. They have to ask themselves, is this what somebody else's delivery crew would do? Or is this what the gardener's delivery crew does? Right? So it, it's that buy-in at that level. So that simple mission, changing the way you feel about mattress stores. And you could swipe this and use it for just about any business if you don't have your own mission right now. Although I'd caution you to really think about how it fits with what you do. But as an easy answer, change the way you feel it really guides everything you do. You know, the clothes you're going to put on when you come to work, you know, are you going to, are you going to dress the part? Or are you going to try to phone it in? It, it really is a 
overarching theme that uh, has driven our company to new levels. You know, I, I hate to be cliche here, but um, the it's in the details, right? It's in the details, like you said, and it's very, the first thing that came to my mind was Chick-fil-A, right? Like mm-hmm. every single one of their staff are trained to say, my pleasure, right? When yep. you say thank you, they say, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure, yep. right? And everything about those 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 details that Chick-fil-A does, just how they run their drive-through, right? You can go through a drive-through line that's four times as long as the McDonald's right next door, and you will be through that drive-through line in a quarter of the time. Yep. Um, and, and it's because they pay attention to those minute details of how do they make the experience better for the customer and how do they do it consistently? Those are the SOPs. Um, now I, I want to shift gears here a bit again, Jeff. Um, I, I bought a t-shirt from you recently you and did. Uh, I, I mentioned in the onset of the show um, that you were the founder of Signer 57. And um, I want you to share with everybody what that's all about right now, because I love your vision for that. I, I love um, the concept. So would you explain to everybody what, what is Signer 57? So Signer 57 is a, you know, standing in the sacrifice, honoring the 56 signers of the Declaration of Independence. So if you know anything about American history, Revolutionary War history and the time leading up, you, you may, it may be news to you that there were 56 signers of the Declaration of Independence. We know, we know that as the July, July 4th, 1776. Uh, but these were men who really, they, they could have, they could have just dealt with the tyranny that the British crown was giving them. Most were all wealthy individuals. They had the means and the wherewithal to put up with the taxation to put up with the fact that at one point in American history, all the trees of a certain height and diameter had to go back over to England for the ships and couldn't be kept in the colonies. You name it, they could have put up with all of it, but they said enough was enough. We came here, uh, our forefathers discovered America, built America into what it is at the moment back then. And we believe in life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. We believe in the God-given rights that have been enumerated and laid out before us as citizens today. And they all signed that declaration. And it was it was really, their, for, in some cases, their own death warrant. Um, it was they're putting a bounty on their head. That's why John Hancock signed it uh, like three times bigger than anybody else. Um, and these men stood in that sacrifice for 11 years to bring us to our constitution, um, uh, in 1787. And then three years later in 1791, we had our bill of rights and signer 57 is basically saying, I would sit, stand in that sacrifice, knowing the sacrifice those men gave today, being killed in prison, tortured by the crown in the face of the tyranny that we've got today from our governments, um, and what's going on today we would stand in that sacrifice. So that's what Signer 57 is all about. So what, uh, what is the end game with Signer 57? What do you, what do you hope to achieve through that? You know, so my, my biggest hope would be to build it, to sell it. Okay. However, I want to stay on as a brand ambassador to speak like I just spoke to you to, to give people, uh, confidence to give people uh, a little extra push to say, I don't have to put up with this. I don't have to just take this. 
Uh, now I'm not calling for, you know, pitchforks and torches and blood in the streets uh, in, in any way, shape or form. But I, but I am calling to say there, there needs to be a acknowledgement of the sacrifice and that it is time to stand against it. You know, the signers were reasonable men who had exhausted all reasonable solutions. Um, there were decades of diplomacy and discussion. And finally, that ran out. And I don't want to get to that point of running out. I would much rather we all stand united together for everybody's own liberties and rights. Um, that's what I want to see, see us get back to. Agreed. Uh, so if that resonates with you guys, I want to encourage you to go check out signer 57.com. Uh, Jeff put together a coupon code just for listeners of this show that you can use. The coupon code is wills. My last name, W I L L S plug that in on your order for 10% off plus free shipping at signer 57.com. Jeff, why don't you give us a closing thought and let everybody know how they can connect with you? Yeah. So I make it, first of all, real simple to connect with me. You just go to thejeffg.com. You don't have to learn Janakovo or even spell it. You just thejeffg.com. You'll get to see everything that I'm involved with there, um, various business holdings, the things that have my interest. You can connect with me there. Uh, On the note on Signer 57, this is my thing. I'm very passionate about it. I oversee most everything um, with the business as far as the quality of design and the quality of shirts. So please, if you're ever not happy with it, reach out to me um, because uh, I want you to be immensely happy uh, in supporting the Signer 57 movement. Um, As far as a parting thought goes, you know, for me, my tagline in the big ticket life is do life and business on your terms. Don't let, don't let the loudest voices from the cheapest seats determine where you stand on the field, determine how hard you swing the bat, determine how hard you make the hit. You go out, live your own life. You do it on your terms and put the naysayers to the side. Uh, if you believe in it and you see the vision, you see the opportunity to be profitable and impact people's lives, go do it regardless of what anybody says. But don't let those cheap seats and those loud voices knock you off your game. Awesome. That is a great closing thought. And I will also summarize for everybody listening. If you got nothing else from this, it is simply to be like Wayne Gretzky, be a visionary, find where the past is going to be and get there. Jeff, thank you for being on the show. This is awesome. Uh, very You're inspiring. Um, and it's, it's, uh, it's an honor to have you on the show. Thanks for listening. Hey, thanks for sticking around till the end of the show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review at leo to ceo.com forward slash podcast dash review or in your preferred podcast listening app. I would love to hear your feedback and it will also help other compreneurs like yourself find the show. Be sure to check out the show notes for this episode. Just go to leo2ceo.com, click on podcast and search this episode number, and you'll find all the links, descriptions, and resources we talked about. And if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe so you'll be notified when the next episode is live. Thanks again for tuning in, and I'll catch you guys on the next episode.